This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Good morning, December 21st, 2023, the first day of winter on the calendar. Meteorological winter apparently happened already, according to my local weatherman. But here we are first day of winter, four days before the nativity of our Lord. And I hope your Advent is going well. <clears throat> there are plenty of things, it seems, to offer any Advent sacrifices you're making for or penance and the rest of it. I want to do um, go over something today that is <laughs> more news about Francis's diabolical document. And yes, it is diabolical. I read the document. And maybe what I should do tomorrow is go over like the most troubling, like five paragraphs of it, item by item, because the document is ambiguous. The document, like ambiguous if you don't know how to read papal documents. I saw Kennedy Hall talking about this, I think yesterday. He didn't understand why Pete Sum said it was ambiguous. It's because if you read a lot of these documents, it's not ambiguous. But if you don't read a lot of these documents, if you only ever read the ones that are, you know, that cause a big drama online, because that's where most of these debates happen now, then they will be. If you're not used to reading them, they're pretty straightforward. And this one is no different. We're going to talk about a few things today. Um, the first one is that, unfortunately, um, well, speaking of um, Kennedy Hall, I have to use his video here for this because I'm blocked by a priest who is reporting something. He blocked me on Twitter a long time ago, and I have my suspicions that I know why. Um, so you see, uh, I hope you can see this on the screen. Let me go check my own screen here. It's a little, the text is a little small and I can't really make it any bigger. So my apologies to you watching this, but uh, Father Joseph Krupp, who goes by the handle at Joe in black on Twitter, who has me blocked and he's retweeting in a positive way, Steve Skojek. That might be why. Years ago, some people in the traditional Catholic side of quote Catholic Twitter found ourselves on a list of people who were um, being blocked for, we don't know why, except that we've had the wrong opinions. I'm one of those people. <laughs> so uh, I don't remember ever interacting with this priest, although I might have. It's been a long time, but I've definitely blocked him. So I have to use Kennedy Hall. He used a screenshot here. And here you see Steve Skojek, who that getting retweeted. And basically what the priest says is the Holy Father and Cardinal Fernandez put priests in an impossible position. I've talked to three or four clergy today. That would have been two days ago. So that would have been on Tuesday, the day this announcement was made, the day it was made, who already were fielding calls from people in irregular marriages and or James Martin types to set up their blessing. So we end up being called a bunch of bad names or disobedient to the Holy Father. Whatever the label they use for us, we become the reason they no longer practice the faith. We become the story they tell about that bad priest, all because Rome decided to, in an interesting turn of phrase here, to do something that isn't doing something that is really doing something. Merry Christmas, faithful priest. If you haven't watched Kennedy Hall's video on this, I suggest you do. He's got a very good analysis of this, and I will have a link to this in my show notes today at returntotradition.org. Meaning, what he's saying here is pretty clear. We are getting 
already reports of priests getting phone calls asking for people to give their blood to get their blessing that Francis authorized them to do. Again, that's happening already. And we have some bishops already saying you have to do this. Not up to you, like the document kind of says. And certainly other dioceses saying, and other bishops' conferences saying, no, you can't do this either. The other thing I want to talk to you about, are you if you're on Catholic Twitter, if you're meaning Twitter, if you're on Twitter, let me know in the comments. Um, because there's a feature there called community notes. Community notes is a the best thing that's changed on Twitter since October of, I guess, last year when the changeover happened. What community notes allows somebody to do is if there's a post, somebody who has the ability to do this. I am one of the people who can do this, although I've never put a community note on somebody. I have, though, reviewed many community notes many times as somebody who has this ability. I'll tell you why I have the ability to do it first, but or in a moment. But a community note allows someone to give context or to say, yeah, this is wrong. <laughs> it's um, been really funny watching high profile political figures get community noted on Twitter with just facts. And it happens to people on, quote, both sides of the political aisle. This is not a partisan thing. It's just been really good to see that bad information is getting stopped in its tracks by people who know what they're talking about. And it, it has a feature where other people can review it. And this is important. Community notes has been used in the last couple of days by Catholics to repeat the party line from Rome, meaning the party line of the Pope's planners on Francis's new document. They're trying to control the flow of information on this. They're, make, they're trying to make it look like those of us who can actually read the document, who actually understand what we're reading, seem like we're on the fringe, that we're wrong. So, I have the ability to go and do, to fix community notes. I'm one of them. And the reason I have that ability is because back in, um, I started my account in October, I think it was, of 2012. That was back in the early days of Twitter. I wanted to see what the big deal was. My account went nowhere and I kind of lost interest. Then in the run-up to the, the 2016 contest, I went back and logged back in and I started following a bunch of accounts to see what the big deal was about the guy who eventually won that contest. And then I stuck around Twitter after that and eventually rebranded my account into a Catholic account because I just found it more interesting. Catholic Twitter was a much more interesting place to go. And the rest is history. And I'm also a verified account and I'm verified because I pay for Twitter premium or blue or whatever they call it. But I got to notice the day community notes launched saying that I've been active there long enough and I haven't gotten in trouble in a long time on Twitter that I can review community notes for their accuracy. So what I'm going to suggest is if you are following me on Twitter, if you see one of these where they're, where the community notes are saying, repeating the party line, tag me in it. I will see if I can review it. Okay. I can't review all of them, but I will see if I can fix it. If you're not following me on Twitter, feel free to. There's a link in the description box of this video to my, well, it's a link. You probably have to copy and paste it into your browser, but do so. It'll be interesting. All right, we'll have a fun time. I don't tweet a lot, I do more retweeting because I spend most of my time here. But that is what they're using community notes for. Um, sleeping Linus, they're trying to make excuses. They're trying to interpret it in the most, we'll say, Catholic way possible. And I understand why they do it because they're not willing to accept the state of things in the church right now. 
And I'm sure some set of a contest chuckle when I say that because I'm not a set of a contest. I don't believe we've been in an interregnum since 1958, like they typically do. But the Pope's winners are, that's where they're. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're doing. The next thing I want to mention to you is if you haven't seen, um, speaking of set of contests, actually, I'm going to, do I still have it open? Let me see if I, oh, I don't have it open anymore. That's unfortunate. Um, okay, so I watched uh, yesterday the Tradcast from um, Novus Ordo Watch. No, I'm not a set of a contest, but Novus Ordo Watch does good news reporting. They really do. When the, and they don't post every day. They don't post regularly. They're, they're they Tradcast Express, which is like the short form version of their podcast, or the longer form one, which is like even more rare that they post that. But they did one on this document. Nothing they said was wrong, and they had a, they said something that is just weird, and it turns out to be true. So the title of the document translates to the words "supplicating trust," but this translation is ambiguous. And according to Nova Sorta Watch, and I'll have a link, I'll put a link in my show notes today at returntotradition.org so you can watch it. Or you can just look up Nova Sorta Watch on YouTube and watch it. The translation is ambiguous and it, it can be understood, but it doesn't have to be. <clears throat> it can be understood to have a double meaning, be a sort of an entendre, if you know, if you if you will. A meaning suggestive of the uh can be careful here, of the activity that characterizes the unnatural impulses that the people who are getting these blessings experience. If you catch my meaning with that. So again, credit to Novus Ordo Watch on that in their latest episode of the Tridecast Express. <laughs> so again, if you think that that's a coincidence, as the host of that channel says, he's got some beachfront property to sell you in Kansas. So if you believe the, if you actually believe that that's a coincidence, Reach out to him. He's got he's got a good deal for you for some nice oceanfront property in Kansas. Um, what is my handle on Twitter? Um, I couldn't change that when I went by when I saw being in a non-account. I'm putting it in the uh, chat now. There it is. Uh, but again, in the description box is uh, is an actual link to the account. So, but there it is. My handle at one time was Pontificator Maximus which was the uh, cat with my was a the word to, the, the term to pontificate is an was a term used against Catholics to undermine the papacy. And I, it was my joking way of saying I have the best opinions. <laughs> That's what it was. And then the at is still that, unfortunately, I can't really change it. Or if I could, I'd have to go through some like serious hoops to get it changed. So that's my at it's on the screen. Um, so. The other title that is made in that, or the other point that's made in that episode is that changing the pastoral practice will lead to change in belief. People tend to practice what they actually believe, even if they preach something else. So change the practice and the belief flows from it. So what does that mean? So the document contains, you know, traditional definitions of the holy matrimony, according to the church. It does. But then it opens up the blessings in recognizing couples that defy sacred scripture. So what happens? They say they call it for the document explicitly says, you know, we have to change pastoral practice and that we shouldn't be too rigid in our understanding of pastoral needs and, and blessings. What happens when you change pastoral practice? You change how people believe because you are changing how they act. Case in point that he uses, because he talks about this for a long time. That's why I recommend you watch this. It's really, really top notch. 
what happened to Eucharistic fasting? It went away. We don't have Eucharistic fasting in the church anymore because it went away. People eat meat on Fridays, forgetting that you're supposed to, if you're going to eat meat on Friday, you're supposed to come up with an equivalent act of penance for Friday. For most people, good luck with that. Given the headache that I've got right now from my almost total lack of caffeine yesterday, maybe giving up caffeine Thursday so I can have a caffeine headache all day Friday would be equivalent if I wanted to, if I was really wanted to have meat on Friday. That's just one example. If you start playing fast and loose with Catholic morality, you can on paper have the church say whatever you want. The practice is what matters. And the practice will be that we don't believe what's written on that paper anymore. Would it be possible to bring these good priests underground where we say let we let them live in our basement, giving the sacraments to a few? God will be pulling the plug on this decision soon. Um, that's why those that's why the Coalition for Canceled Priests exists. That's why Exergy Domine exists. That's why Protect Our Priests exists. There's a fair number of these independent priests out there already, and they need coordination with some with with some bishop somewhere. And that's why they exist. But I'm um <laughs> Anthony from Avoiding Babylon says, I am never not impressed at your ability to be civil on Twitter. Yeah, he's probably you're probably referencing what happened yesterday where somebody cited a YouTuber I won't be mentioning by name on my channel to as an authority on this. Yeah, I just I just I've decided I don't I don't like arguing with people on Twitter. It's a waste of my time. Um, but yeah, let's let's get back to it. Let's 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 focus here a little bit because we've got a few other things to talk about. So if you're if you are like me, not a friend of what I a, fr a fan of what I call ecumenical dialogue, which is the the post conciliar just focus on dialogue and accompaniment with schismatic heretical groups and groups who completely deny our Lord in every way. Well, this really Francis's decision really did a number on sixty years of efforts on their part. I can't even imagine what the Orthodox think. I haven't seen them really chime in yet, but I can't wait because here we have Franklin Graham posting on Twitter, saying that Francis has now approved Catholic priests' blessing of yada, 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 but none of us, including the Pope, has the right to bless what God calls sin. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And then you see one of those pictures that's already gone around the internet. Franklin Graham. Now, this would be Franklin Graham Jr. because Franklin Graham passed away a few years ago. <laughs> but, I mean, look at this. How, how many... 2.9 million followers on Twitter, okay? The man is a leader in the Protestant world, in America and beyond. All the work done with that group, for better or worse, gone. And I think the, it's probably for better, honestly, because I I am very rigid about ecumenical dialogue. I am. We should be talking to the Orthodox to figure out how to heal that schism. And, 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 and But every all of our dialogue should be trying to make clear what the church teaches to people so they can come home. That's it. But Franklin, the Franklin Graham thing is funny to me. <sighs> Thank you, Sleeping Lioness. I, yeah, I was on Joe McClain's radio show yesterday. It's already on his YouTube. I'll be sending it to patrons and channel members. Maybe Christmas Day. I don't know. I usually save that stuff for the weekend, but I might do that on Christmas Day as a special extra post to them. So. Colby says Franklin Graham is more Catholic than Pope than, than Pope Francis. Um, yeah, the blessing J James Martin gave was so spontaneous that a photographer from the New York Times just happened to be there. Yeah, coincidence, isn't it? 
Colleen says she's been enduring the fallout from her non-Catholic friends, been brutal their justification and glee and told you so. Thanks to Francis, just canceled. Yeah, yeah. This is like this is what's happening, and it's gonna come down on our priests. Everybody is pointing this out. I think I saw Tim Gordon pointed out. Kennedy Hall pointed it out. I've seen others saying that they're that priests are about to have their cake moment, where they're they're going to have people coming in for blessings, demanding it. And they'll probably have their cameras out, their phones out, you know, ready to take pictures, to videotape everything, to see what happens. And then from there, you're going to see it just spiral. It's, it's going to happen if it hasn't happened already. And as that priest I started this with said, it's happened already. He's already taught, spoken with several people. But I want to go over to this here. This is um, from LifeSite. He said there's a someone who... You know, used to be the kind of person James Martin advocates for. He says, Francis is inviting humanity to join Satan in mocking Christ and his church. And he says that the uh, the parody of, the, of holy matrimony that they advocate for serves only one purpose, to ridicule, obscure, and annihilate Christ's relationship with his bride, the church. It is Satan's very public expression of his contempt for Christ and his bride. Again, that is the goal here. The goal is to have the church fully in line with the secular world on every issue of morality out there, specifically a very, a very, we'll call it ideological point of view in the secular world. You're not seeing a lot of efforts in the church to put the, to align the church, the Catholic church with uh, the Napa Institute, okay, <laughs> or um, some European equivalent. But you're having a, a very real effort to have the church aligned with one very specific ideological secular view. And, and it would be bad to have it on that other side too, by the way, just to be clear, I'm not a fan of any political secular ideology. It's why I became Catholic. I was one of those people who tried to find a way to, to bring harmony and peace in the world through secular political politics. And I gave up on that project many, many, many years ago because I discovered that the church only is the one who had the truth. Go figure. So the articles by Doug Manwaring may be familiar with his work. He starts out by reminding us that um, that Cardinal Jorge Bergoglio was, used to be pretty good on this, at least on paper in public, because he also behind the scenes was advocating for all sorts of evil things. But publicly, he was very good on this stuff. He says we're not talking. He, he used to say that we're not talking about a simple political battle, just destruction, destructive pretense against the plan of God. We're talking about a machination of the father of lies that seeks to confuse and to seeks to confuse and deceive the children of God. In twenty fourteen. He, as the alleged Pope, he said, to reflect upon complementarity is nothing less than to ponder the dynamic harmonies of the heart of all creation. Complementarity there is a reference to the actual church teaching on the nature of the activities of the flesh. His words seem to be in harmony not only with that, with the totality of scripture and the magisterium of the church, but also with those of Fatima visionary Sister Lucia. We said at the time, at a time will come when the decisive battle between the kingdom of Christ and Satan will be over marriage and the family. If you've been following the Fatima messages, you understand this. Are we there now? Let me know in the comments if you think this moment is where this decisive confrontation is. And then he goes on to say, yet with the publication of Fiducia Supplicans this week by the congregation, now Dicastery for the Di Doctrine of the Faith, the Pope seems to have opened the door for priests to provide blessings, in the way we talked about, into intermediate step that will undoubtedly lead to the, the, the parody of the sacrament, the nuptial sacrament treated as a sacrament. The evolution of Pope Francis's messaging charts a descent into darkness, 
dangerously toying with lies from the father of lies, exposing the church and countless individuals to grave harm. Talks about how we're in a, engaged in a spiritual conflict. I mean, for those who might not be aware of the extent of what we're talking about, I have documented here on this channel, going back to, I think, 2021, Francis would write a handwritten letter signed by his own hand to James Martin every year in June that James Martin would then proudly put up on Twitter and on, on all of his various websites. The letter would thank and praise James Martin for the work he's done. I've documented the number of times they've met face-to-face, -face, had pictures taken together, smiling. This last year, 2023, he wrote to New Ways Ministry, an organization formerly condemned by the USCCB for the for these kinds, for this kind of work that they've been doing. Francis wrote to them and became kind of pen pals with the with with the schismatic nun running the place, thanking her for the work she does. She then, during the synod, visited Rome, had pictures taken with him. She he absolutely knew who she was. Even if he didn't personally know her on site, even though he'd been writing to her, the, his handlers would have known who she was because it would have been their responsibility to know who she was, meaning they would have known what the consequences of her posting those pictures were. This has been the endorsement for a long time. He has endorsed their work for years. That is why you have to read the document itself in the context of everything else he's been doing on this subject. That is where we are. But yeah, there are also, um, there's also another statement out that is, this one is less good. Let me go through my, actually, let me go through, yeah, there it is. Let me go through my, uh, let me bring this up to you because if you haven't, if you aren't aware, Bishop Barron, Bishop Barron, <laughs> says, friends, please see my statement regarding fiducia supplicans below. I'm one of the ones who laugh reacted to it. But, uh. He basically says on Monday, the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith, with the approval of Pope Francis, published a declaration entitled Fiducia Supplicans, which has given rise to a good deal of commentary and controversy. The document allows for the possibility of blessing those in irregular and the kinds of pairings we talk about here. Despite some misleading reporting in the media, Fiducia Supplicans in no way sanctions irregular bonds or changes the church teaching on this subject. It further specifies that no liturgical blessing can be offered to those and such, but rather an informal pastoral blessing. This latter benediction is calling forth for the divine grace to help those who receive it to live more fully in accord with God's will and to enhance whatever is good, true, and beautiful in their lives. There is nothing good, true, or beautiful about what we're talking about here. Scripture makes that very, very clear. 2,000 years of church teaching makes that very, very, very clear. The document explicitly talks about this in the context of couples. I believe the declaration is very much congruent with the pastoral instincts of Pope Francis. Well, he's not wrong there. Who always wants to remind those who are living the Christian life in a less than perfect way that they are nevertheless <clears throat> loved and cherished by God. Yeah, <clears throat> less than perfect way is putting it mildly. The document never once calls people to stop their sinning. It implies it. it it's written. There are things in there written in an ambiguous way, so that if you are desperately looking in there to defend what's going on. You can find what you're looking for. But the document is full to the brim of error. It's diabolical. It really is. The Nigerian bishops, George reminds me, issued their statement yesterday saying no. There are a lot, one, 
diocese in Africa, I think, or one one bishop's conference in Africa, came out with a positive statement, but the rest are all, all the rest who have spoken up have all said no, they're not going to go with this. Predictably, most of the European countries are going with this. The USCCB are going with this. You're going to see the um, probably Canadian bishops today will issue a statement, if I had to guess. All right. <laughs> Miss Maiden name says, I have watched for years Catholics delude themselves. Charity is one thing. Being deluded is another. Yes. Charity is itself an act of justice, of course, but also it comes with an expectation of justice. And you have the, the duty, your duty bound to defend the truth, even if it's uncomfortable. And this is why, again, I'm making my pitch now because we now have like a hundred more people watching than when I made it earlier. I am on Twitter and there is people using, the Pope's planners are using community notes on Twitter, the best change to Twitter in the last year to try to change, to try to reinforce the Pope's planner line. So if you're on Twitter, tag me in any post you see like that. If I'm not blocked by the account holder, I will go and try to, to fix it because I am someone who can edit community notes. <clears throat> we'll see how it goes though. And if you are also someone who can edit community notes and you're of like mind, maybe take that responsibility because the reason you see Twitter in the news so much now is because it is a the primary social media vehicle for political information getting out. They know this. That's why they're People are trying to get rid of Twitter, honestly. <clears throat> Will this lead to a split like Anglicans and Episcopals? I almost think it's going to be, it's, it won't be an overt split like that. We're already in a de facto state of, state of schism. I don't know if you're going to see a formal schism. It, it will take more than this. I, I suspect, like I think Tim Gordon said on Twitter yesterday, that you will, it will require seeing <clears throat> at least the next thing you'll probably see is James Martin's interpretation of this reaffirmed by the Vatican, even though they've said they're not going to clarify anything. You'll see Fernandez say something offhanded, probably that will do do the job. Roseanne says this document is not charity. That is true. This is not charity. Leading, letting souls continue to walk in per, to perdition with the approval of the institutional church is not charity. Father Goring states that repentance need not be mentioned. Well, that would be at odds with what the church has always said. But then again, I was made aware that Father Goring was um, having trouble with this document. So I don't like correcting Father Goring at all on this stuff. I, but I, I, this is not the time for ambiguity. This is time for people to take a firm stand. Tina says our local NO had a peace service invited, okay, to pray and removed our Lord from the tabernacle and turned the red light off. Great apostasy in action. And what you just described happened at Assisi in 1988. And the Pope was standing there when it happened. This has been going on for some time. This stuff isn't new. We're just now seeing the logical outcome of decades of work on this. Well, a whole new branch of religion form. Well, scripture does warn us that the man of sin will set up his own system, suppress everything else to set up a system that worships him. So eventually, yes. Whether you think Francis is the false prophet, I've seen some people just come out and say they think he is. I caution people against that because we're warned not to come out and 
say this person is the man is the man of sin. We're cautioned against that because it makes us more. We're almost certainly going to be wrong when we make that assessment, and it'll make us more likely to be duped by the guy who when he actually shows up. Tina says everything is happening so fast, and that is ex- absolutely true. This is why I've been live streaming every day since the day Bishop Strickland was uh, removed was, was uh, given his marching orders. Every single day. Which reminds me now, I am going to uh, say, I'm going to do a live stream Christmas morning. My hope is to not talk about news that day. <laughs> I'm hoping to have a, like a happy little Christmas stream. I'm going to have a surprise for it a little bit. It won't be anything like super, super huge or anything. But so tune in that morning. My hope is it's not news. But if I have to do a news thing, I will. But I will try to keep it minimum that day. Um. <sighs> <laughs> Kathleen, I can't put, I'm not going to put that word on screen because some people will chastise me for it. But she said, basically, Pope's plan are some of these new terms. When I lived in the South, we called it a well, the term I use interchangeably for that is nonsense. <laughs> if you hear me using the word nonsense, there's a stronger term that I would normally use for it. Um, Woogie says, I just had my first confession. I'm in RCIA. Your timing? You had your first confession in December? Hmm, that's interesting. I, I was on our RCIA team for a couple of years. And at least in my parish, in my diocese, we did it. And um, first confessions were done in the made available starting in February during Advent or during Lent, rather. Um, but yes, congratulations on your first confession. That does not mean you can't go to confession again until Easter, by the way. If you need to go to confession, go to confession. You now have the church's permission. Okay. Your timing. Well, as I, someone else emailed me yesterday asking about this. And, you know, because they're the deacon running their their parish, their program has told people to log off social media during all of this and to not pay attention, that the document is totally fine. My suggestion to them was just get through RCIA. And then if you have to find a new parish, I've met a lot of people who do that. Just get through RCIA. Some people be like, might not like that advice, but get the sacraments, get confirmed. <laughs> you can go take care of this problem. Do I think the USCCB knew this was coming? I think this document, I don't think surprised anybody who was in the know. James Martin knew about it. I guarantee you Supich and McElroy and Tobin and Farrell, they knew about it. And if they knew about it, others did too. I don't think 100% of the bishops in the USCCB knew about it, but they absolutely probably, well, the chances that they decided to support it universally or as a, as a organization and ahead of time, very high, very high chance. Because again, as patrons have an access, have access to a video that will go live tomorrow, they're being put on notice from Rome. They are. They're, they're informally, but they're on notice. So you'll, this is why you're seeing them go along with everything that's coming out. Or they're not opposing it. <sighs> it feels clean. It does. That first confession is, is, is remarkable. And for those of you who are in RCIA now, maybe don't have access to confession yet, but you're getting ready to, if you have like, if you're having like the equivalent of stage fright before going to conf- at the idea of confession, I was afraid. Don't be. Your priest has probably heard worse than anything you were going to go confess. You're, anything you're going to go confess that you're really embarrassed about, it's good to feel the shame for it. Obviously it is. It's a part of the, what you need to feel to go to confession, but your priest has probably heard, you know, if, if you're standing alone with 10 people, eight of those people have confessed the same thing or something similar. And if not in that line, then every confession he's heard that week 
a high percentage share of the sins you've had. As our priest told us, your sins are not all that interesting for the most part. He then began to tell us, so really, he said he compared it, he didn't break the seal when he told us this story, but he then told us some Halloween type stories about confession that he's had, we'll say. Yes, uh, Light reminds us in, uh, in reference to the Fatima thing I, met, I read. Sister Lucy said it was all there, Apocalypse chapter 8 to 13. I actually have a video on that where I start out by with her quote, and then I just read Apocalypse 8 to 13 for people. And it's why a cardinal who was no friend of traditional Catholics, he was definitely a modernist, he said he, he, said he read the third secret, and he said that the thing was about an apostasy in the church led from the top. He said in like the 70s or 80s. Which is why I don't believe that the secret we got in 2000 was the real one. My edict is to be commended. Well, thank you. I'm assuming you're referencing me telling him to just get through. <laughs> just, but um, yes, on Christmas morning on my stream, I'm going to find if the text of Francis's Christmas address is available. I'll, I'll probably read it. It'll probably be short given, given his his state, but um. FSSP. Uh, well, if they're available, I'm pro FSSP. I'm pro SSPX. I'm pro Institute of Christ the King Sovereign Priest. I am pro any traditional group you can name. I can't endorse you going to mass with a set of a contest. I'm not anti set of a contest, but I can't endorse it either. But I won't judge you if you do that. Just, but any any traditional parish you want, you can go to. But um, if I were a betting man on what you're going to see come next you're going to probably see an FSSP priest demanded. Someone's going to demand the blessing from them. Watch for that. <laughs> he won't name names with the Pope's planner on YouTube, wrote his own magisterium with a priest friend. I saw people sharing screenshots of that. And in fact, that's what Anthony from avoiding Babylon was referencing. I think somebody was like sending screenshots of that to me going, this is the truth. I'm like, Okay, mute. <laughs> yes, get a copy of the Council of Trent's Catechism or Credo. It's a good, it's a good catechism also. But any of Orthodox catechism, preconciliar ones are the best. Read that, and you will be okay. You won't be led astray. All right. Uh, Hill says, pray that we all have a blessed and holy Christmas. That our loved ones enjoy a lot of. Health, wealth, and love from above. All praise and thanks, God Almighty. Merry Christmas. Yes, I hope that for you as well. Um, I'm going to wrap this up here, but um, <laughs> oh, from avoiding Babylon, that unnamed YouTuber came out with this catechism that said we have been doing evangelization wrong for two thousand years. Oof. Ouch. Well, not two thousand years. One thousand nine hundred sixty-five years. Let's get that right. We, uh, we sang a new church into being after Vatican II, as the hymn at the Novus Ordo says. All right. Ironically, hours beforehand, I was in a cathedral praying the Holy Face devotion and Holy Office of Virgin Mary. Then the video sent me. Wow. Um, I haven't. I, I'm not going to cover that today. Partially just because I need to. Again, I've got to. My headache is not great. It's all. It's, the caffeine is helping, though. Okay. Folks, we're going to wrap this up here. Thanks for uh, uh, tuning in today. Um, as reference to that video you sent me, send me an email or a message on Facebook to, to remind me because it, it, uh, it should be shown. Anyway, 
I will post all my the things I posted here in my show notes today at returntotradition.org. Check out Kennedy Hall's live stream on this. Yes, the Novus Ordo watch one. I'm not endorsing their set of a contest position, but their, their news reporting is topped here. So for the details I, about things I spoke about here, as well as some of the other things that they will be posted with my um, regular um, with the the note show notes for the regular video that'll be going live in about 45 minutes. As always, folks, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.